So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Tuesday, we head to the battlefields of medieval Spain to witness the very first ambulance. On Wednesday, it's the anniversary of the day Coca-Cola's creator hit on his winning formula. He dropped the wine, but kept the cocaine. On Thursday, the thief who stuffed the crown jewels down his trousers. And on Friday, when free-spirited Danish parenting put 90s New York in a tears. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Man fans. Ollie Man here with The Modern Man. Welcome back. We're here for another series of 10 episodes, our first ever summer season, which makes it sound a bit like we're appearing at Blackpool Central Pier with Cannon and Ball. Uh, but it is all thanks to you, Man fans, and you, Man ambassadors around the world, spreading the word about the show on iTunes and telling your friends on social media and sending us your beer money and submitting us ideas for future editions. Uh, we make this show because we want to hear this kind of show, so it's really lovely to see that you do as well. Uh, I have got some brilliant stories coming up for you this series. In this first episode, I meet a real-life butler. Now, that's not an obvious idea for a modern story, you may be thinking. Um, well, I first had the idea, actually, to interview a butler last year, following a question that got sent into my other podcast, Answer Me This. It was from a guy called Tom in Edinburgh, and he wanted to know why it is butlers are so often depicted as being posh. Uh, It's episode 330, if you want to find out what we said. Uh, But anyway, in researching the answer to that, I stumbled across a surprising amount of private staff hire websites. And I realised that far from butlers just being a relic from the days of Jeeves and Worcester, there is actually still demand for butlers and that is because there are more billionaires than ever before and that felt like a topic for this show because that's not just about a lost England is it that is about the world we live in now Uh, Lawrence who's the butler that I interview on the show today said a brilliant thing to me just after we recorded the interview Uh, he said Ollie you will get to a hundred million and you'll think you need me you don't need me then when you get to your first 500 million, that's when you'll need me. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Um, oh, and don't write to me and tell me that Jeeves out of Jeeves and Worcester is a valet and not a butler. I know, I don't care, we will get the reference. Uh, elsewhere this week, Ollie is back, Alex is back, the life hack is back, there will be a song of the week, there will be a manbassador, and in today's episode, you will learn how much weasel coffee costs per cup, why you are wearing your jeans wrong, and what type of tea billionaires order when they're having a foursome. Let's go. On this week's Modern Man... I'm not your friend. I'm a member of your staff. How to seem invisible yet available, serving the super rich. We're seeing a rise in the numbers of young, young men choosing to have vasectomies as a kind of financial insurance. And gents, cross your legs. Alex Fox tackles the snip. But first, Ollie Peart is here with the zeitgeist. 
the big trend of the moment is obviously fidget spinners. I'd like to know what those are. He's told me he's not interested. No. <laughs> so we're not going to find out. No. What are the big trends of the week? Snap bot cues. <laughs> and we're back. What's that? Have you heard of Snapchat Spectacles? Yeah, so this is the social network Snapchat, and they've created their own version of kind of Google Glass, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Except, unlike Google Glass, it's not shit, even though weirdly it looks shit because it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, That's kind of. Nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, basically. They've yeah. released them in the UK and Europe seven months after they were out in the United States. And yeah, they're basically sunglasses, even mm. though they call them spectacles but they are sunglasses, mm-hmm. that record 10-second chunks of video when you press a button on the and side. They're not trying to look classy. They sort of look like the £5 Ray-Ban rip-offs you'd buy on Shaftesbury Avenue, but they're not. They're actually equipped with technology that allows you to upload to the internet. And the idea of them is that they capture, from your first-person view, they even have a 115-degree field-of-view lens, which apparently is what your eye sees in. So they're trying to capture real-life as easily as possible. And there are none of these concerns that, you know, you might uh, accidentally on purpose be recording people pissing at your rhino or something because they're very clearly, I am filming you specs, aren't they? Yeah, and you know someone's filming you, which was one of the concerns with Google Glass, yeah, right? Because people yeah. didn't know that you were filming. And you can buy them now. They're £129. And if you want to buy them, you have to either go online at spectacles.com forward slash UK. Have they got spectacles.com? They've got spectacles. I want to know who owned that before that. Spec savers must be livid, mustn't they? Why? Because they'd want that. Do they? Should have gone to GoDaddy. But yeah, you go to spectacles.com and you can buy it. Or alternatively, and this is the point of all of this, uh, you can go to one of their snap bots. What? A snap bot is a big yellow vending machine that sells these uh, these glasses. And there's two in London at the moment. One at the London Eye and one in the design. Let me guess. Let me guess. Go on. Oh, I was going to say Shoreditch. No. Design Museum. Where's yeah. that? Uh, uh, Holland Park okay. near there. Oh, okay, not as wanky as I thought. Then. No, that's they're quite like very that's, very central yeah, locations, aren't actually they? Reasonable. The thing is, is that what what happens on their website? They announce where these things are, are where they're going to drop them, and people find them and think, well, okay, well, I've got to go there. And as a result, huge queues form outside. Yeah, how these how much did you say they were? Like hundred quid. Hundred twenty nine pounds. Yeah, that's a lot to spend in a vending machine. I mean, if I buy a dairy milk and it's more than sixty p, I'm like, well, that's going to swallow my cash. I'm not going to risk it. Yeah, but it probably takes card. That's true. I can't imagine all those people going to turn up with pound coins, Ollie, 129 times. It's, okay. I'll, 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 re- I'll phrase this a different way. Yeah, go on. Have you ever seen in an airport now they have those tech vending machines sometimes where you can like buy an iPod or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Would you ever use one of those? No. I mean, as a person with sort of average salary, would you ever think, right, yeah, I'll just buy something that costs £400 with, with my credit card and no interaction with a human being at all, not on the internet, at a place that I'm shortly going to be vacating... I mean, who does that? Well, no one, but it's... Well, not it's, no one. They it, must. They, people must. It's it's different, though, isn't it? Because like when you want to buy something like an iPod or whatever... iPod? God, what year are we living in? <laughs> well, you know, that is what they sell, isn't it? MP3 players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you can get that in an Apple store, can't you? So you don't need to get it from a vending machine. With these, it's literally one of two ways you can buy it. You can either buy it from spectacles.com or you can buy it from one of these vending machines. What I'm and they've turned it into a I bit of a... I wouldn't spend more than £5 in a vending machine. That's what I'm saying. Well, maybe they're Would not you? aimed at you. Would you? Uh, vending no. machine no depends, one there to depends. help you if it goes wrong I'm going to be press the button eh, no one there no one picks up depends what it is I think what's cool about these and I actually do think they're quite cool is they're not trying to be anything other than a fashion statement that is about right now they're mm. not trying to be Google Glass. they're not saying this is the future of mobile video they're saying do you remember the summer of 2017 where everyone acted like a dickhead and put 100 quid into a vending machine to get a pair of plastic specs wasn't that fun Apart from you don't have to be one of those dickheads. Because the real story here is that you can hire someone 
to Q on your behalf. Layer upon layer on one of these. The master at work. (laughs) One of these. A trend within a trend. Vending machines. So how do you do that? You're going to tell me you get an app now. Uh, bidvine.com oh god are you keeping up with this everyone okay so you need to go to a website to pay someone to queue for glasses that let you upload to a website because why no reason yeah exactly and they okay. uh, they say uh, quote you can find trusted local snapchat spectacle queuers a trusted queuer yeah well you don't want an untrusted one no I might take your money and run you want to go to the trip advisor of queuers and find the very best exactly how do you rate a queuer badly what, if they don't turn up with your glasses probably what can you find out about the queuer you're employing for this gig you can hire other services on there as well like plumbers electricians and harmonica lessons you can get on there as well uh-huh. that's so you can rate them much in the same way as you would rate a restaurant on TripAdvisor. so if someone's shit okay look it's a good publicity stunt because here we are talking about their service fine mm-hmm. I mean, actually, if you're going to use the internet to get your Snapchat specs, wouldn't you just go to spectacles.com in the first place? If you're going to go to the vending machine, it's because you want to go in person. I'm with you. It's completely stupid. Also, what I was saying before about the whole experience of going to this vending machine, because it is a bit of an experience, the whole point of the Snapchat specs is that you can record your own experience. So what you're doing is you're paying someone to experience something for you to buy something that you record your own experiences with. What? What else have you got for us this week? Poppy. I'm guessing not the Remembrance Day flower. No. Poppy is a YouTube star. She's basically, she's this blonde-haired girl on YouTube. What she does, she styles herself as this sort of really slick. She dresses in sort of pastel-coloured clothes, and her videos are shot really nicely. There's thousands of people like that on YouTube. Why are we talking about it? Because she's ever so slightly different. Okay. One of her videos, which was posted around two years ago, so she's been on YouTube for about two years, is just her saying the phrase, I'm Poppy, over and over again in different tones for 10 minutes. How many views has that had? That's had 7 million views. And, I'm uh, wasting my time. <laughs> then another one of her odd videos is that she reads the Bible and her nose just starts bleeding halfway through. <laughs> she interviews a basil plant and just basically asks it, how its day is. Okay, so is she some sort of conceptual artist, are you saying? Is there like a vein of surrealism going on here? Well, this is the thing, you see, because nobody really knows what she is or who she is. She doesn't. Nobody knows how many subscribers she's got. Somehow she's managed to hide that. It's basically perplexed the internet, and as a result, people are completely fascinated by her. She uses a lot of YouTube grammar. Mm. So the, uh, thanks so much for supporting me, is one of her phrases. Mm-hmm. And she delivers it in this really sort of childish high-pitched tone that's recorded with you know have you heard of binaural audio which yeah. is not, yeah so it's, it's like 3d it's like HD 3d audio, audio and it's uh, it's what people make those asmr videos with so when you I've listen got a horrible to it, feeling weird. though the solution to this is going to be that she's the creation of some corporation trying to create this element of mystique so that they can cash in ultimately well she has released an ep called bubble bath right okay. and uh, she has a song as okay. well if she is sponsored by a bubble bath company then fair <laughs> dues <laughs> that is a creative youtube campaign well this is it like i think most people think she's she's just she's a pop singer right that's that's the theory she's a pop singer and she's got this sort of surreal thing going on in the background to help promote her so pr stunt essentially mm-hmm. but it's so it's done so well it's incredibly captivating and it's completely unnecessary as well because actually the songs are quite good but aren't you just like someone in the 70s saying this bowie kid he's got character he's got talent why is he wearing the makeup for well i mean yeah she's trying to create something new i guess 
Well, yeah, I think so. And I actually find it really interesting and fascinating. Recommend us a video and I'll stick it on the website. What's your favourite? Oh, interviewing the basil leaf. I do quite like that (laughs) because it's quite odd. And and I've always wondered, I don't know if you've done, have you ever tried speaking to plants? I sometimes do feel like I'm interviewing a basil leaf. Yeah, I know exactly how she feels. You can find that video on our website now, modernmanwith2ends.co.uk. I'll link to it so people can see it, Ollie. I mean, that's a bit rude. Now, this is the point in the zeitgeist where typically... Ollie Pitt introduces a poorly thought out game that I have to play. And then none of them are poorly thought out. And this time we thought we'd mix it up. Uh, Producer Matt has passed me this envelope. And inside this envelope, it's actually just an an A4 WH Smith envelope. But imagine, if you will, a shiny gold one like they'd have on Jeremy Kyle or something. No (laughs) expense spared, quite literally. (laughs) In this shiny envelope is a well thought out game that we've thought of for you. I'm not sure I like this. So what we've decided is to task you with a series of things that we want you to report back on week after week here in the Zeitgeist and let us know how you progress. You're setting me a job. I'm basically giving you more work to do for the very limited amount we pay you thanks to beer money. Yeah. Right. Can mm-hmm. I open it now? Yeah, please. Right, now Ollie genuinely hasn't seen what's in the... In fact, I haven't because Matt wrote it, seen what's in the envelope, but it was based on a, a brainstorm in which I participated. Ollie Peart. Your challenge is to become a true trends insider. I mean, I am already, but whatever. No, you see what we're doing? We're just slightly knocking your confidence. Okay. Yeah. And so you are charged with completing the following tasks in no particular order by the end of this series. That's right, yeah. Okay. Become Twitter verified. Mm -hmm. Hold a Nando's black card. Become a Freemason. Try the latest cult skincare treatment or product. (laughs) Sit at the chef's table. Basically, what it is, Ollie Pitt, is we feel that although you do a respectable enough job at bringing our listeners the latest trends, it's often, too often perhaps, the product of uh, second-hand or third-hand internet research. And what we want is for you to go out there and be our man about town. We want you to be our Shoreditch twat. We want you to go and do these things and live the dream that you sell. Acquire AAA access to a festival. Yeah, you see, if you were really the insider, if you were really the trends guy, you'd do all this anyway. Tickets to the London transfer of Hamilton. Yeah, I think that's just something Matt wanted to go and see. (laughs) But anyway, it's very hard to get in. Take a parliamentary ghost train. Which of these do you think are achievable? None, apart from the skincare, cult skincare one. Why? Well, because I could probably buy that illegally somewhere (laughs) and do it. No, I reckon I could do a bunch of these. Yeah. Like, what's a Nando's black card? Is that like the American Express for chicken? You know, I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) That is true. I don't know if Nando's do hand them out to anyone who's uh, publicly professed vegetarian. No, so I basically say, oh yeah, can I have one of your cards? By the way, I don't eat meat, you murdering bastards. Well, you're unlikely to be charging them very much money, aren't you? So actually, maybe that would appeal to them. The Nando's black card is, I mean, they basically, as far as I understand it, hand them out to hip hop artists and fashionistas and Instagrammers who they think are going to be excited and and tell the world socially and virally about their excellent chicken restaurants. So you basically get free chicken. Yeah, that's how it works. All right. So way around this then is to go, well, look, I'll just eat your coleslaw. But anyway, doesn't it say hold a Nando's black card? Yeah, but I would interpret that as own it. No, we've deliberately set that as... Find someone who's cool enough to have a Nando's black card and ask them if you can hold it. Okay. <laughs> that seems achievable, doesn't it? Yeah, possibly. Just thinking. And I how love many the idea of you being in the Freemasons. Yeah, can't you can't you just apply online? No, I don't think it works like that. Can't want no. I don't know what the, but so some of this is we just like to know how and we think our audience would enjoy knowing how you get access to this secret cabal of winners. So do I have to report back every week? 
Yeah, well, what we'd like to do is check in at this time every week and see how you've done with your task. So right. what we hope is that by next Tuesday, there's progress on one of these things. Right. Do you accept the challenge? Yeah, I mean, you're my boss. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, post that list on our website, modernman.co.uk. I'm guessing you could do with some help. Yeah. If you think you can help Ollie with any of the things that are on his list... What's Hamilton? Don't say that. You've got to be excited. If you can help Ollie with any of that stuff, then I get, why don't they contact you directly through Twitter? Yeah, do. At Ollie E-P. Great. O-double-L-I-E-E-P. Good luck. Thanks. Hello, man friends. I'm Rudy Buddha from Son of Stag. Son of Stag is the premier denim outlet in the whole of Europe and possibly in the world. These are my top three Squarespace life hacks for looking after and buying denim. My very first tip for buying denim would be be demanding, uh, especially buying raw jeans. Sadly, a pair of jeans will not fit you how they fit you on the day of purchase. Certainly 40, 50 years later, they will feel slightly looser normally on top. When you sit down, whatever, you're pulling on the thighs, your bum and so on. So ask questions like, what will the jeans look like in three months, six months, a year's time, how they will live? Uh, Loads of different things. My second tip is to wash your jeans probably every 40 wears. A lot of people say you should never wash your jeans, especially raw jeans, and that's silly because you can wash your jeans. They last a bit longer if you wash them. You need to try and keep it on a cold or a 30-degree wash. So cold is if, if they fit you really well and they're snug and you don't want them to actually shrink anymore. On the other hand, if you're happy for them to shrink a little bit, go to 30 degrees. A lot of people who come to us wash by hand. But if you put it in a washing machine, it's inside out. But the main, main things that people always forget is take the spins off because it leaves artificial lines down your jeans. And when you dry it, you dry it naturally, not in a tumble dryer or on a heater. And your jeans will live a lot longer if you wash them at least every 30 wears or 40 wears. Uh, a lot of people go without any washing and they basically get bacterial build-up. It erodes the fabric. Yes, you get amazing contrast fades by not washing your jeans, but they stink and perhaps the other half will complain eventually. My final tip is that how to fade your jeans. We're talking about raw denim because raw denim seems to be where the trends are heading now. Some of the tricks would involve, for example, turning your jeans inside out. So you've got much more contact with your skin, putting fades onto the jean. Obviously, you're going to get blue legs and so on, but that will wash out. We have other tricks where, for example, you hang your jeans in the bathroom and not use them because there's a lot more humidity, there's more moisture, and it soaks into a jean. And obviously when you wear them, they've got a bit of moisture, so it picks up and makes your face down much more easier. So there's some ways of manipulating your jeans, playing around and getting the fades that you perhaps want. You can visit us at 91 Brick Lane, London E1, or visit our website, sunofastag.com. Here's one more life hack, man fans. Start your own website with Squarespace today and get a two-week free trial. Plus, use the code MAN, that's M-A-N-N, to get 10% off. Now, what staff do you employ to ensure the smooth running of your household? (laughs) Possibly a cleaner? Uh, I've just graduated to one of those after living in squalor throughout my 20s. I'm loving it. Uh, Maybe you've got a gardener if you're doing well for yourself. Possibly even, you never know, maybe if you and your partner both work full-time, you employ a nanny to look after your kids. Here's what I'm guessing you don't have. A chauffeur, an estate manager, a housekeeper, a head groundsman, a chef, and a butler. That is because you are not a billionaire. But if you were, you might well want to employ Lawrence, who is a butler. 
I started by asking him how his typical day pans out. Um, typical day will be to rise, um, ensuring the alarms are all turned off. So certain areas of the house are alarmed. So in the morning, they are de-alarmed. So anybody can go anywhere. Ensuring that the table is ready for breakfast. If there's been a party the night before, I'll be up at about four o'clock. I might have been asked to retire about two o'clock in the morning, so I'll have two hours sleep. They'll be they'll have gone to bed about three o'clock, and then um, if it's been a party, then you go round, ensuring that all glasses are taken to the kitchen. All windows are open. You don't want the cigar smell around. All cushions are puffed up. Any breakages cleaned up. This before even breakfast is started. Do you've got to get the area 100% so that when the principals come down, nobody's been into that room. It's been Alice in Wonderland. That's what I'm there to do. The principal is that the person who's paying you, or is that the person who's the head of the household? The head who is the person I have. Been, who's met me for the interview or the first person I've ever met in the house and I've been introduced to, this is Mr. Blah Blah, or this is Sir Blah Blah, that is the principal. So he is the person that, that I have got to be accountable to and for. And really, does your job involve saying yes to them a lot? It depends what the question is. Because there are sometimes I don't say yes. It can be done. I never give a time. So if it's Mission Impossible, say, Weasel Coffee, and Harrods have run out, for example, we can only get it from where it comes from, Brazil, then I can get it, but I don't give a deadline to when it will be there. So in that scenario, are you saying you really have a contact at Weasel Coffee in Brazil so that you can order wholesale? Yes. Just because someone likes the taste of that coffee over Wittard? Do you know how much Weasel Coffee costs? Go on. Per cup. You tell me a figure and I'll say yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously you've set the bar high. Uh, okay, what's the most expensive cup of coffee I can imagine drinking at home? £10? £80. 80 quid. Yes. What's special about it? It's weasel poo. Oh, that stuff. Yes. I've read about that stuff. <laughs> yes. So the weasels eat the coffee beans and then they crap it out and you put that in hot yes. water. Yes. You grind it. So you, but you do it's the same process as normal beans, but it's been passed through the system of a weasel. So is it about satisfying people for whom money's no object so they just get what they like? Or is it that a lot of the people that you work for are showing off how much money they have and maybe there isn't a distinguishable difference in some of these products? The people I work for know what they want and expect to get what they want. I, I just finished a contract with a trillionaire. It's um, the expectation, everything has to be. They will ask for water that is just chilled. OK, that doesn't seem strange. OK. What does just, just chilled mean? Just chilled is when it's, it is just got the frost just starting on the outside of the glass. OK? OK. OK, but you can't present it with that. So you've got to dry the glass and then give it to them and then keep it so that before they touch it, it'll still keep on chilling and you've got to then make sure that there's no condensation. And the ice in the glass, when it starts to melt after about 30 seconds, that's got to be taken out because you want to chill 
the water, not water, water down, water, add water to it. Same whiskey. If it's chilled, then you just chill the whiskey. The ice has got to be taken out if you don't water down the whiskey. See, I understand why you'd feel great pride in making sure that a bedroom looks spotless like in a hotel or a breakfast, you know, is exactly what people want. But does there come a point where inside you're thinking this is just ludicrous? There is no difference here between what you're asking for and what I can deliver. No, I haven't yet hit my height. (laughs) Okay, what's the closest you've got to it? Um, Well, I've looked after Her Majesty. Have you? Yes. Where? That was at uh, Royal Ascot. Okay. Now, I imagine, actually, she's not the most demanding client you've had. She is interesting. She can spot anything. And she she has eyes that are second to none. Better than the peregrine, I would say. In, at Buck Powell, that, what they do, they, when they lay a table there, they lay one cover, which is wrong. And she has to find it, and she's never They do found. that deliberately? Yes. But that's her eye for detail. Everybody's got a sixth sense. I have a seventh sense. So before you think you know what you're talking about or wanting, I will have produced it. And then you say, oh, that'll be it. That's what I do. And what are the tricks behind that? I get to know the principle. They do actions they do not know they're doing. Watch their lips. Doing that, when you moisten your lips, you're thirsty. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there reading the paper. You're watching out to see if I'm licking my lips to get me a drink. How do you do that without feeling like you're in my space? Because you will never see me. Because I'm invisible. Best way to describe me is I will give two taps on the door. If there's no answer, I slowly open the door. I peer in. If you are there, I'll ask you, is everything satisfactory to your taste? If you say, actually, and I'll say, I have it already. Because I've already got it there, the drink. Because I don't want to go away. You with me? I don't Mm. want to waste time. It should be there, ready. You've gone in there for a reason. Don't go in empty-handed. The principal then might have a little chat to you. And all it is is straightforward, yes, no, and thank you, sir. The sir thing's interesting. You think about the kind of modern billionaire in Britain, your Richard Branson's, your Tony Blair's, I'm not sure they'd be comfortable being called sir all the time, would yes, they? Yes, they expect it. When you're hitting that money, then everything changes. You've had it so many years. Richard Branson was in an era where his parents were very rich anyway. His mother gave him a Rolls Royce. So that he came from a, ha- a family that had money and had a status. So he straight away he knew what staff were. Some of the young super rich don't actually know how to handle all these staff. See, that's really interesting that you say that because, I I mean, you know, one does fantasise what would happen if I suddenly had hundreds of millions of pounds. Would I get some staff? How would I behave? I'd feel uncomfortable, I think, unless I really trusted the people that were working for me. Even saying those words, working for me in my own house, feels odd. You must see that a lot. People just don't know how to talk to you. Ivor Spencer was a fantastic Toastmaster primarily. He's also known as the best, one of the best butlers in the country, I would say, in the world. And he brought out a course for young principals on how to look after their staff. What's the guiding principle there? Always be polite. There's a job around the corner. If they're good, the word will go around that they're good and they will be gone. Have you honestly seen people get me the fucking whatever? Do you, do you get I've that? Ha- I've had that. 
And so how do you react when that happens? Because within your professionalism, you can't say... I smile and said, of course, sir. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> I can't repeat that. <laughs> so treat yourself with respect. Okay, I'm with you so far. But how do I get over feeling uncomfortable about the fact that I've got a guy chopping up pineapples for me? That's easy, because when after a few days, you'll be, it'll be yeah, he's doing pineapple, or he's doing the apple. Yeah, and you watch him and you say, you'll ask him, how can you do it? And they'll teach you. And then you're part of it then, because then he, your chef will warm to you or your butler will warm to you and say, he's, he's all right, actually, this, this new guy is OK. And what about making friends with you? Uh, do never. You... Never? No. So I've got hundreds of millions of pounds. Yes. I'm paying you to be my butler. Yes. We're having chat about chopping up the pineapples, but I'm not saying to you and how's your daughter? Ever? No. Doesn't happen. I'm not your friend. I'm a member of your staff. How do you... Do you just choose not to participate in those conversations if personal questions get asked, or...? I've been a butler for, oh, 35 years. And it's never happened. Even when I started... Before I even started to be a butler, um, it never happened. I mean, I've got a cleaning lady. I would always say to her, how are your kids? What's your day been like? Doesn't happen. It is very much upstairs, downstairs. I watched that when I was a kid. Now, upstairs, downstairs is how I operate. Can you spot people who are very wealthy in a room? Clothing. You can tell a good suit. You can tell a good shirt. How they carry themselves. How they put hands in the pockets. Which pockets they use. And would you spot that with sort of new money, for want of a better phrase, if Mark Zuckerberg yes, walked pe- in the pe- room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it depends what... Because new money go for a fashion, a style. They really don't understand... They think they do, because they're, they're new money aren't married. They're trying to get a woman. So they're going to be so flash it's untrue. They're not courteous. They do click their fingers. And I ignore that. I go right past. I will not answer somebody clicking a finger. I'm not a dog. I haven't got four legs or a tail. I don't wag. I don't go begging. I will answer you. But please don't click your fingers. What's the difference between the different kinds of billionaires that you've worked for then? Rockstar, for example. Normally, I've had a very humble start in life. Normally. They haven't hit, they haven't come from a rich family. They've worked hard. So they appreciate their staff. They don't trash anything. The only thing they do, do is drink a lot or do drugs a lot. But that, what's in the house stays in the house. You must have had some situations where you've thought... I can be discreet, but this is on the borderline of something the police should know about, or this is on the borderline of something... Get out of the job, then. As it's a murder. If it's a murder, yes, that's different. But if it's life-threatening, that's different, then you bring in the authorities. But apart from that, if you don't like what you see, go, don't even come in. And have you seen people left the service of an individual because they're not happy with what's going on in the house? Oh, yes. Over what sort of issues? Heroin. I I, I actually um, left one premises... When I turned a blind eye three times, and the fourth time I said I can't stay. And turned a blind eye to someone, what, injecting themselves or asking you to get them drugs or what? Well, once was, it, they didn't inject it, they, they were snorting it. Uh, I walked into the bathroom when nobody should have been in there um, because all the guests were downstairs. I'd already been round, done a check, head checks, so I knew nobody. And as I was walking one part of the house, somebody went the other side of the house because they, they didn't want to be seen by me going into the bathroom and so they decided to get in there quickly and lock the door and I thought why is the door locked you can't lock it from the outside you can lock it from the inside and I knocked um, 
very politely. There was no answer. I knocked a bit less politely. And the third time, I banged on the door so loud, it's untrue. And I said, if you don't let me in, I, sh well, I shall break this door down. And this lady said, won't be a minute. I said, whatever you're doing, madam, put it away so I don't see you. And the door was opened, and she hadn't taken any heed of my warning. And there were lines of coke, whatever it is they were using. And I said, I cannot stay here. And I resigned there and then. And was that because you would feel some personal responsibility if something happened? It was against my principles. What have you had to keep up with in terms of trends and things changing? Um, because oh. a lot of what you're describing, you know, you could have been talking 50 years ago. Technology. Technology is a nightmare because everything changes and these people can afford things. They will buy a widescreen TV that, you, that won't fit in this, in this room and they'll expect you to know everything about it when it arrives. So when they come, you tell them and you can direct and then they don't need to bother because it's your job to do all this, apart from the fact that you, you have the estate and they'll ring you and they say, can't get the TV on. They're press, press, press and then throwing it at the screen and smashing the screen, having to get another TV because all they do is press the switch. You've seen that. You've seen someone get so angry with oh, a yes. TV Many that's times. cost a five-figure sum that they've just broken oh, it and yes. got a new one. Yes, and they normally buy two or three because what must never happen is that TV ever break down. <laughs> no, you can, you can laugh. I am laughing. Because, but but it's, <laughs> this is serious. What other technology has been the bane of your life? Yes, cars. When you get to get a new car and you've got to take it, because they don't take it from a trailer, and the person hands it to you, you sign for it, and you take it round and it's there. You have then got to instruct the principle on all the things, all this div gadgetry on the right-hand side that makes sure that everything is done, the air condition's done and everything else, and all this gadgetry, blah, blah, blah. That is a hard part. Cause you do that? Yes. Why should they have to bother? But wouldn't they want to hear from the guy from Ferrari or McLaren or whoever themselves? They don't trust them. They don't want to waste time. They can, they can ask the butler to do it. And what's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do for someone, asked to get... Well, the weirdest thing I've been asked to do was do a cup of tea and take it into a room when the principal was still having fun. Having fun with how many others? Three. Why did they want tea? He wanted tea. What tea did he want? He wanted Earl Grey. Black? Yes. Again, do you just turn a blind eye to what's happening? or? Well, the funny thing was I couldn't see what was happening, but I could hear it because <laughs> it was pitch black and the clothes strewn all over the place. I know that because I nearly fell over three times. And I knew where his table should have been, and, and I was ready to put the tray down there, and the table wasn't there. So I was actually going round the room, buying... I didn't go near the bed. That's where all the activity was. It was about 15 minutes, yes, yeah, a good 15 minutes. And he said, God's sakes, Lawrence, he said, we put it on the tray. I said, it is on the tray. So he said, you know what I mean, the table. The ta I said, where is it, sir? Ah, and he said to these girls who must be on the bed, "Where did you put the table?" <laughs> and they didn't know where they put it. So I said, "Should I put the lights on?" So he said, "You will have to." So I put the lights on, and I just quickly went. I didn't even look at the bed. I went all the way around. Oh, there it is! So bang, put it there. I said, "Bye, up." That was it. And saw him four hours later. And what about your life when the day's over? You, you go home or do you stay there in the principal's house? It depends if it's live in or live out. If it's a live out position when, when I have been told to retire for the day, 
I then retire and go home and hopefully don't get called back. If I'm living, that's the unfortunate time is when you live in, you're on call 24-7. How long is the longest live-in job that you've done? Um, five years. This profession is a, is a profession that people might laugh at this. I'm in love with it. Seriously, my, my partner, she knows it, she comes second. Um, and as long as she understands that, I make the money, she doesn't have to. So it's, it is my love affair so that anything that happens, if we book things, it's mm. penciled in. It's only inked in if we're actually sat at the table or we are away. And even then it doesn't even happen because then it could be a phone call for some silly reason. Sure. And then, okay, see you next week, darling. <laughs> I'm back to work. It's very difficult on her, isn't it, over a period of time? Get used to it. So get used to it or get out of the way. That you would take another job where you were away from her for five years? Well, she saw me every so often, maybe once or twice a week. If you think about it, the average person goes to work, does a stressful job. Normally they hate, man or woman, they hate. They finish work, they go home, their partner has had the same thing, stressful, and they're going to meet, and they're going to go, straight away, have a hell night because they've had an argument over something that was so stupid it was untrue and then they've got the weekend where they have a laugh about everything and they relax and do whatever they want to do but my situation is I don't have to go home and have a massive argument having somebody that's had a bad day I've had a bad day and I go back and I go blah, 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 blah. so it's great for five days I'm away and two days I go home do you have any domestic staff yourself <laughs> nobody's good enough <laughs> Would you employ a gardener? No, I don't. No, I don't. I need to, though. I need to. That's the only thing I would. But they've got to be very, very, very good because my eye is second to none. You must be constantly uh, outraged by the levels of service that you get when you go into a sandwich shop or you get into a mini cab. Oh, oh, boy. Um, Yes, it's... um, I went went to um, uh, Lou in Cornwall. Um, for a break when I came back from Saudi Arabia and there was a guy in this in this shop Cornish pasty shop and I t- oh I just com- I, I told him three times what I wanted and it wasn't hard it really wasn't rocket science three times I turned my back and we went away to eat these three items which was still wrong and I went I went ballistic and my partner said calm down it's not the end of the world. I said, not... Th-. And I went, I'm sorry, it's it's three items, three times telling him what I wanted, slowly, <laughs> very slowly. I thought, just give him help. And the queue was getting bigger and bigger coming in the door. And it was just, it was just, I just, no, I'm sorry. I expect service. Well, that points to a problem, doesn't it, in your profession and more generally in this country? Service isn't something that we really cherish anymore. I mean, maybe we do if you ask people what do they like, but if you ask people what job do they want to go into, very few people say I want to work in service. Unfortunately, in this country, it's a second-rate job, so anybody can go into service and carry plates. Yes, anybody can carry a plate. I can carry a plate. You can carry a plate. Anybody can carry a plate. But then there's carrying a plate. I carry a plate. You'll carry a plate. I will carry a plate <laughs> that's the difference because mm. I never use my thumbs when I carry a plate 
you will put a thumb on. I guarantee you. But you see, you'll see it if you go to because they don't use a thumb. I loved it there. I was I was poached by Sean Woodward, the MP. It was just before he became Secretary for Northern Ireland. And I was poached and he said, would you like to work for me? And I was, I was so cheeky. I said, well, it beats zero, I suppose, sir. <laughs> just jokingly, you know. He said, right, when, when can you start? I said, are you serious? He said, yes. And that was it, and that was my interview. He was so impressed with, with my work. He just couldn't believe how attentive I was. And I thought, okay. I thought, this is nothing. But wait till I really start. So what would you say to younger people listening to this now who perhaps are thinking about a career change or deciding what they want to do for a job? Do you think service is a life that's worth aspiring to and that's an opportunity that's Oh, yes. What Without is it? What's so great about it? I've driven Lamborghinis, I've driven Porsche, I've driven Rolls-Royce, I've driven Bentleys, I've driven... You name a car that in the high end, I've driven it. I don't own it, but I've driven it. You haven't driven them. You haven't got in them and have the thrill of that. See, you can look at galleries, you can look at portraits that are worth millions. You haven't got a chance of that. I have actually smelt perfume from one of the tombs in Egypt. And that perfume was 1,800 years old. I've smelt it. I've been there. You haven't. That's the difference. Lawrence McKenna. And thanks to Randolph's Butler's Agency for making the introduction. If indeed you'd like to hire Lawrence or any of their roster, uh, they do private chefs and housekeepers as well, head to randolphs.co.uk. Thanks as well to the man fans at SNK Studios for providing us the space to record that conversation. Uh, If you're after a central London location to record quality audio, I highly recommend them. SNKstudios.co.uk. UK. Uh, Alex Fox is up next after this. For the first time this series, it is time to venture into the foxhole, the modern man's happy finish. Alex Fox, how are you? Hello, Ollie Mann. It's so lovely to see you. Thank you. Uh, we've spent so long apart that I hope that the intervening period has been so blissful that you want to roll it into spheres fill a ball pool with it and then just dive into the globular equivalent of those months. I mean, you literally took the words right out of my mouth. What have you been up to? I have recently been to an amazing festival called Open Senses, which is all about multi-sensory experiences. And I had one of the most fascinating times that I have ever gone through whilst wearing a blindfold. <laughs> I don't even have a top five of things I've done whilst wearing a blindfold, unless you include the blinkers they give you on Virgin Atlantic. I've got top 100, I think, <laughs> and most of them have taken place in my bedroom. But this was very different. What happens is they, they cut off your sight and you're paired with a dancer who takes your hand and kind of leads you through a series of moves while a live orchestra plays around you and um, the various musicians with their different instruments actually move too so the the music is coming from different areas sometimes it's really close to you and it's really physical at points they'll lay you down on the ground at one moment I was wrapped in this blanket and it was sort of simultaneously really comforting and really sort of felt like being buried alive at the same time Mm -hmm. then they have a speciality chef who from moment to moment will come and put something in your mouth like a um, at one point, it was a pipette of what I thought was uh, kind of a burnt 
toffee or something. It turns out that it was a concentrated form of whiskey, like like the smoky essence of whiskey. This is all while you're blindfolded, so you don't have a clue what they're putting in your gob. It's all stuff designed to not only taste confusing and enthralling, Mm. but the ingredients supposedly had the power to enhance your senses as well. So they were highly caffeinated or or would have some other effect to kind of heighten and enhance what you were feeling. It was really full on. A bit like wearing human whiskers. Yeah, yeah. Why has nobody invented human whiskers? I have vague recollections of seeing Joanna Lumley try out such a thing on an ITV documentary about cats. Uh, we're going to take a listener question. Uh, as ever, it is sponsored by our friends at mycondom.com. And Alex, we genuinely are very grateful, aren't we, to my condom? They are superb. I'm very, very proud to be associated with them because not only do they stock a huge variety of different condoms that you huge. can buy. It is massive, isn't it? There's some Bewildering. That, there's some things on there I've never seen before. And you can buy them individually. So you can, you can try out just one or two uh, from a brand before you decide to invest in a big box. But speaking of big boxes, they also sell for £89.99 mm-hmm. an entire gallon pump bottle of id glide water-based lube excellent so if you're planning to if you're you know, running a brothel or if you want to have a big shop. paddling pool wrestling session in your back garden this <laughs> yeah. summer this is the place to go and they sell it in tiny travel sachets and bottles as well so uh, however much you want big or small they've got it all and this week's listener question is from moz who says whilst my life with my baby layla is great good it's great being a dad isn't it moz the lead-up was fraught with drama and crisis. My wife had a terrible pregnancy. Uh, Layla was born two months prematurely and spent the first 91 days in hospital. Oh, that's tough going, Moz. So my wife and I have decided never to naturally conceive again, and at some point I'm going to have a vasectomy. Ooh. Alex, will my orgasm still feel the same? My wife and I both enjoy sex, And I like coming. However, without having sperm in my ejaculate, does that mean it won't feel as it once did? I worry it won't be as intense as it is now. I also assume my ejaculate will look more clear. What's the truth? What do you know about vasectomies, Ollie? Did you know that the first one was actually performed on a dog in 1823? (laughs) So the dog's bollocks suddenly take on new meaning. (laughs) I didn't, but I mean, that's an area of research where I would support animal testing first, I think. (laughs) Animal testes, in fact. (laughs) Um, Well, a a vasectomy, although it's a long-lasting procedure, obviously has a big impact on people, actually as as an operation is a lot more simple than a lot of people assume. Hence, Um, Hence the casual phrase of the snip. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do it in your lunch break. You don't always get snipped these days. There are two ways to have a vasectomy. One is where uh, the tubes that carry sperm from the testicles up where it's mixed in with the rest of the semen and shoots out the end of your todger, uh, where those are actually cut and then tied. But mm. more commonly these days, there's a very, very small procedure. They call it a no-scalpel procedure because it's all done with wires where they can actually cauterise them. It takes about 15 minutes. No. Yeah, yeah. It's usually done with local anaesthetic you can get a general anaesthetic you usually have to pay more uh, if you're going private 15 for it. minutes yeah yeah quarter of an hour to um to to stop your sperm ducts that's li- i mean you could pretty much pop out from the office for a fag break and get a vasectomy at the same time i would i would absolutely counsel thinking more deeply about it <laughs> <laughs> might go for a sig might go for the snip yeah. maybe, maybe give it a little bit more thought but yes these days though it is a procedure which is quite easy and simple is it mostly just old men who get vasectomies, though? 
actually, you'd be surprised. There's been a real rise in millennial men getting vasectomies, particularly those who are very rich. Um, say they've made a big amount of cash through a startup or a new app or something. And they're concerned that women are going to honey trap them, essentially, and, and trick oh. them into having a baby in order to get loads of cash out of them. So particularly in the States, we're seeing uh, a rise in the numbers of young, young men choosing to have vasectomies as a kind of financial insurance, That's especially amazing. as they can be reversed. Although here in the UK, um, although reversals are largely very successful, they're not cheap. Um, you can't get a reversal of a vasectomy on the NHS as standard. Anyway, you usually have to pay in the usually usually about a grand and a half, depending on where you go, up to 3000 But how does it affect the way you feel sexually? That's the nature of Mossy's question. For most people, having a vasectomy shouldn't change the sensation of your orgasm at all. In fact, you probably won't notice any difference. Is that because the the feeling of orgasm is the ejaculate rushing up your pipes and that's still happening whether or not there's sperm in there? Yeah, and you're not going to notice really a difference in the volume of ejaculate either. Actual sperm in semen only makes up about 2 to 5% of the liquid that you see. Mm. So Mars asks, will his semen look less cloudy will it be clear no it's going to look the same as it always did it's going to feel the same as it always did uh, with two potential exceptions mm-hmm. there is a very very rare chance of nerve damage i've tried to look into papers that have reported on this i couldn't find anything definite a lot of the evidence was anecdotal uh, which leads me to think that some of it may have actually been um, people mistaking nerve damage for the second potential problem which is a psychological one Mm-hmm. Some men think that because their vas deferens has been sealed, the mm. tube that leads from the testicles up into the, the rest of the rest of the paraphernalia, the complicated paraphernalia involved in an ejaculation, they feel somehow demasculinized by mm. that. And so in their brain, they're thinking, there's no baby making sperm in this ejaculate. Therefore, I feel less masculine. Therefore, my ejaculation feels less strong. I'm not enjoying this process as much. Or, or they're paranoid because they have had an operation which, although, as we've mentioned, is relatively simple and straightforward, is still somebody um, chopping and changing your bits. Mm. I sort of understand. I mean, you grow up as a man, you know, the kick in the balls when you're in the playground is the most painful thing that can happen to you. The idea of taking your dick out in front of the doctor is the most embarrassing thing you can do. That's the sort of psychological state that most men are in. So to then have volunteered for someone to open them up, snip them about, yeah, I can imagine that might affect someone sexually. But as you say, it would actually be purely psychological. It will feel physically different for a a little while while you heal as well. Mm. Plus, it's important to note that um, for a few weeks after having a vasectomy, you will still be fertile because there will still be sperm present in the semen that's already moved up the tubes. But presumably the issue of healing (laughs) would probably block you from actually acting on anything anyway. It's different for different men. Mm. Some people are able to jump back in the sack and have sex really quickly. For some others, it takes a while for things to feel less I'll sore just down sleep below. next to the sack yeah. and give it a couple. Um, but Moz should be reassured that in all likelihood, he's not going to have any difference in sensation. He's not going to have any difference in volume of ejaculate. He's not going to look different, smell different, taste different. I mean, his wife might <laughs> hope that it does, but no, uh, <laughs> o- overall, he really shouldn't notice any difference whatsoever. Excellent news. Moz, go ahead and snip away. Uh, if you have a question for a future edition of The Foxhole, Alex, what do people need to do? 
head over to our website, which is modernmanwith2ends.co.uk and click on feedback. And if you want to buy yourself some prophylactics, if the idea of getting a vasectomy feels a little extreme for you, remember to go to mycondom.com. And if you enter the code FOXHOLE, F-O-X-H-O-L-E, then you get a whole 15% off. And with that, this season premiere of The Modern Man is very nearly done. But I do just have time to anoint a new ambassador. It is Peter in Slovakia, who says, Ollie, I have two young kids. I love your Being a Dad episodes. They've helped me to maintain a reasonable degree of sanity. I teach English and I've used extracts of your podcast so students can develop their language skills. Uh, incredible, Peter. I, I, I hope that was all foxhole. Uh, thank you, and I proudly anoint you, Manbassador for Slovakia. If you'd like to be a Manbassador, just leave us a review on iTunes or buy us a beer. All details on our website, monmanwith2ends.co.uk. Our music is by Django Django from their self-titled debut album, and this is our track of the week. It's called My Lover Cindy by Marika Hackman. Her new album is out now on Sub Pop Records. I've been Ollie Mann, the producer Matt Hill, and we'll see you next Tuesday. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Tuesday, we head to the battlefields of medieval Spain to witness the very first ambulance. On Wednesday, it's the anniversary of the day Coca-Cola's creator hit on his winning formula. He dropped the wine, but kept the cocaine. On Thursday, the thief who stuffed the crown jewels down his trousers. And on Friday, when free-spirited Danish parenting put 90s New York in a tears. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.